This is Carol Steves, and you're listening to Reality Ranch Podcast. Today is May 1st, 2020. Today I have a conversation with Daniel Cooper about the Goblet of Truth and other subjects. Before I go into that uh, conversation, I want to talk a little bit about the Goblet of Truth. Billy was supposed to write this book in 2017, but because of health reasons, he decided to write it sooner and started the book in August of 2007. He was able to finish the book on February 5th of 2008. Billy was able to write this book, which is the ancient original teaching of Nokodamian and is billions of years old. Through his combination of developed abilities and knowledge, Billy accessed the terrestrial storage banks in the form of a symbolic picture language and wrote the first 14 chapters of the book. These chapters represent the teaching of an 11,000-year-old mission and is represented in both oral and written forms by the six prophets that came before Billy and reflect the, sink, the thinking and cognition of the time of each prophet. Therefore, as mankind on earth progressed in its abilities to reason, the teaching that was presented during that time developed along with it. These prophets are a part of the lineage of the spirit form in its continuous rebirth with Billy being the latest personality and the last prophet to bring this information to terrestrial humanity. The six prophets before Billy being Henoch, Eliah, Josiah, Jeremiah, Emmanuel, and Mohammed. The remaining 14 chapters were written by Billy in his own words and adapted to the current time. These teachings have been subject to falsifications which can be seen in the development of religions around the teaching. Now I'm gonna go to my conversation with Daniel Cooper. Um, So, you know, I wanna talk about the Goblet of Truth today because it's the one book that Figu has translated and it's free online. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, access digitally. Although as we both know, it's better if you can read it in a print form. Yeah, exactly. I have. I, yeah. It was the first book I read kind of in PDF. And then, yeah, I've got it here, too. So, <laughs> yeah, same here. And um, when they first translated it, I printed the whole thing out and put it in this giant binder. I don't know if you, <laughs> you did that, but I had nope. a binder that was like, you know, like that. And it was wow. very cumbersome, but at least I could read it, uh, you know, because it's that thick because of the I mean, you've got the German and the English and you know, it's huge. Yeah, so, exactly. Luckily, I was yeah. able to print it double-sided, so it wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. I, hate, I hated to kill trees, but... Well, you know. it's for a good cause. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is for a good cause. So, um, let's. I wanted to talk about a little bit about um, the kind of uniqueness of this particular book over the other spiritual teaching books, in, in that it eats... Um, it's in seven sections, right? Seven mm-hmm. for the different, and each section is is each of the prophets, so-called. Right. I know that's a term Billy isn't really crazy about because it has such religious. I know. Yeah, um, I hear you. It does. I mean, you know, the word prophet makes me think of someone standing on a soapbox. 
yep. on the corner <laughs> or they have some cult over tucked away in like, you know, a, a compound, which because of the situation that the way Figu is set up, a lot of times people have that idea. Yeah. And yeah. it couldn't be further from the truth, as you and I both know, we've both been there. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, you know, more than once. And mm -hmm. uh, and it's so, nonprofit. <laughs> what'd you say? And it's nonprofit. Huh? And it's nonprofit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So are you, is that a play on where I was going to say, that sounds like a play on words to me, Daniel. <laughs> yes, um, so the different prophets, you know, I have a hard time remembering them in order. Do you know them in order? No. Each one. Um, Do you either? <laughs> Jeremiah was one of the first ones, I think. Or okay, something. do they have them in in the book, like in order in here? I was trying. I was gonna talk about uh, just the names somewhere. of each one. You somewhere. know. <laughs> um, I know. Very. I'm very prepared, as you can tell. Oh. Uh, so maybe I'll maybe I'll add that later, like in my intro, if we can't sure. find it. Yeah. But um, you might as well do that. Yeah, I'll do that. And then, um, so, you know, I, I kind of found the, the um, intro of this book interesting, where every, the, the different core group members who were a part of FIGU have their little um, testimonial mm -hmm. or, you know, I kind of talk about this, their evolution. It's kind of interesting to read each of their, I thought that was kind of, I always think that the intros to the books are interesting. I mean, I read everything, you know, mm -hmm. just, mm -hmm. and, but this is a book, um, I haven't read this book like from cover to cover. Have you? Uh, almost. Not, no, I guess the first translation versions that were in PDF, I did read all the way through. But yeah. then I actually got the book and I didn't. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think that's exactly what I did, too. Because yeah. there's no book that I actually... Um, now I just jump around in the goblet. Mm -hmm. you know look and sometimes i just open it up to find out what's gonna there there's going to be but mm -hmm. you know what i what i'm gonna fall upon to to read but, yeah. but but one thing i you know of course i noticed the style in each section is a little different because of course they were written by different people okay. the yeah. different prophets you know what i mean even right. though it's the same spirit form lineage mm -hmm. they're different people and mm. um i was struck by in this book more than any other book that how they talk constantly about not believing in any tin gods mm -hmm. yeah exactly and uh, more so than i mean it's repeated and repeated through the book and i came to understand i have to say it kind of irritated me a little bit that they repeated yep. it so much but then i understood came to understand i had an aha moment moment where i understood for some people they need that um, repeated reminder. In different contexts as it In goes through. In different contexts, yeah. yes. Exactly. Yeah. To help dissolve that belief. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isn't that exactly. how you understand it too? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it does actually annoy me when I read through it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't read it much anymore. But yeah. um, it was, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's quite useful actually. Oh, it and, is. Uh, so. It is. But I mean, I, I thought that was kind of interesting that I got, I'm, I'm like, okay, I get it already. No, no 10 gods. I mean, I already know that. But then I thought, <laughs> wait a minute, you know, yeah. maybe I shouldn't have that attitude. Maybe, maybe I really need to, I, I realized that it was a repetition that was necessary. Mm -hmm, <laughs> for, mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I didn't really and, think much about it 
And then a few weeks ago, somebody gave me this medallion thing or whatever and Catholic thing. And I was like, okay, whatever. And they were trying to say, well, you know, whoever is is on this medallion will protect you from the virus and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, (laughs) thinking to myself, oh, gosh. I know. Anyway. And, but then I realized, okay, that's a tin god right there. A tin god right there, yes. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I think, um, you know, I, I guess there's such a temptation on our planet to fall back into that, um, believing something is out there that's going to save us if we mm-hmm. worship it, because mm-hmm. it's so much a part of well, especially here in America, our society, and um, yeah, well, it's really funny actually. What's his name? Uh, Jim Jeffries had a really funny segment on his comedy bit about God showing up at a party and demanding that everyone like praise him and and like sing songs about him and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. do you believe in me and all this kind of stuff? And everyone was just kind of awkwardly like, "What the hell's going on here?" Like as if. You know, just imagine what a normal person showing up doing that, you know, at a party would be like, you know, it's just, it, it's just nonsense. Well, yeah, but everybody that's what would people be looking actually, at them like they were crazy. Yeah, like get a life, part. dude. Yeah, like totally insecure and. <laughs> right. So anyway, yeah, so well, it was really kind of funny. It's funny you say that about totally insecure because when my um, middle son, Colin, who's a part of our study group, um was in about sixth grade at school, they were telling him about um, how he needed to be saved and about God and all that. And, you know, that's not, that's something we would answer their questions, but we never tried to, you know, Bill and I weren't people who really believed in God. And so we didn't, you know, take him to church or anything like that. Right. And we were told pretty much we were terrible people for not doing that. But, you know, that's another story. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he came I've home there. and... He wanted to know, hey, what's the story here? Why is this guy, why is God so important? Why? And I said, you know what? I'm going to give you a book to read and you make your own decision. So I bought a, a children's Bible that was like geared toward his, about his age mm-hmm. at the time. And I gave it to him and said, here you go, read this. And then we'll talk about, you know, um, what, what you think about this book. So he read it. And he came to me and said, okay, I read the book. And I go, what'd you think? And I said, well, he's like, well, and I'm paraphrasing, but this is really close to what he said, because we, we've discussed this and laughed about it many times. He said, well, he seems like jealous and angry and petty and like a person, yeah. like, a, like he's just a, a regular person who has all these, you know, problems and wants to Self, be worshipped. Self-esteem issues. Yeah. yeah. He said the book. Yeah, he said the book didn't really make sense. It um, actually had a lot of fantastical stories like that I just couldn't even. Um, one of the things, we were actually talking about this this morning, and he said one of the things in the book was that, um, I think it's the book of Job in the Bible, and he was talking about how God to, God was going to either, it was either Jesus or God, which to me, I've always been kind of been the same thing in the Bible. I've, that was always kind mm-hmm. of confusing to me. Like, are you two mm-hmm. people? Or are you one? I don't get that. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that to prove he was real, that to, he told the, the Job, I think it was Job, to put a ball of, of wool, of yarn or a wool in the, in the field. And in the morning, the wool would be wet, but the ground would be dry. 
I know. Okay. And then, and then, the, and the second day, he told him to 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 like reverse that and say, put it put it in the field again, and the the ground will be dry. And no, the the wool would be dry, but the ground would be wet. And Colin was laughing and saying, even when I read that at the time, I, he was like, well, anybody that's out there in the middle of the night, that's an easy trick. You can just go out and wet the ground down and leave the wool dry and vice versa. You know what I mean? <laughs> Put a Obviously. wet ball of yarn. He's like, how ridiculous. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and these are the kinds of things that people take as true as a proof, mm -hmm. I guess, yeah. that back then, at least anyway. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. When, back then. When, when there was no scientific... Um, and knowledge yeah exactly right so. yeah so i thought that was kind of interesting that you know just a someone he had never been indoctrinated he took he was given a bible he read it and you know children's version and said yeah this is what i got from it mm -hmm. and 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 he said no i don't buy it mom i said well there you go i said now you know what they're mm -hmm. talking about and you've got some context and yep. uh so um so what do you think about um children being taught about religion so they have context like from a from a standpoint like you would teach someone about um mythology greek mythology let's say yeah well exactly it, yeah don't you think that that well they, the whole thing that doesn't come with when you're teaching greek mythology etc is all the peer pressure that goes along with it so whenever whenever i saw yeah. other people's families with lots of kids and they were if there was one that was like even questioning it a little bit, like they were just immediately the black sheep of the family and they would be, you know, treated differently and, you know, with withheld attention maybe in, in certain ways right. and so on and increased in attention in negative ways and stuff like yeah. that. Um, like well, I saw that lots when I was a kid growing up. Yeah, and, uh, and, and in the religion I was raised in, um, sort of, loosely luckily what i saw was um people actually ostracized and actually like excommunicated or kicked out of the community or family if they didn't mm -hmm. go along they couldn't it, they weren't allowed to just be in the family or the community mm -hmm. and and everyone's okay with the fact that they didn't buy it right so I, i'm sure a lot of people kept it to themselves that they didn't really buy it because mm -hmm. you know um yeah so yeah. the so I think that really the goblet has a lot of really good information in it, but it's also really about helping people dissolve if they so choose, of course, you know, it's a person's choice. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, back to what we we're talking about teaching uh, like world religions, let's say if it's, I think if it's taught from the standpoint of, like you said, without the peer pressure to believe it mm -hmm. and taught, taught as if it is the myth that it is mm -hmm. and, you yeah. know because i remember in high school being and i liked humanities <laughs> class a lot and we learned about greek mythology and roman mythology and i thought of, and different mythologies i thought they were really interesting mm -hmm. but i also had that insight even in high school going yeah this is what christianity eventually will be um viewed as just like these um old mythologies of many gods yeah you know um which now i know is based on of course the extraterrestrials that, that i from my standpoint anyway um i now look back at how all they had we had all these different extraterrestrials that were presenting themselves as gods mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um, well and, religions are essentially cargo cults you know you look at the 
that little island in what is it, Inuatu or whatever it's called? Essentially, what? Wait, wait, what? They're essentially what? Cargo cults, where like that it's like this... cargo. What do you mean? Well, there's yeah, that was kind of first outlined when I think it was David Attenborough. Um, not sure if it, he was the discoverer, but he did have he did go there, and I think it was the first time it was ever filmed. Was this little uh, uh, colony, I guess, in in an island in I think was, was it the Pacific? Yeah, and uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah. So they worshipped this guy called John Froome, who was a, a World War II pilot who accidentally landed there and left a bunch of nice trinkets and whatever for them, and were hoping that he would one day come back with more, more stuff. Oh, basically, cargo cults. I get. Yeah, it. and so okay. they treat it like a religion, like it's they go all out. They have like all these rituals and things, you know, dedicated to John Froome and his spirit. And, you know, they build these runways and hopes that another airplane will come down and, you know, all this kind of stuff and on and on and on. And so, they, yeah, it's basically a religion. Um, that's pretty much exactly what you would expect <laughs> from, from that kind of a thing. So they, they, they pass down the rituals and, you know, the mythology, but not, not the wisdom of what actually happened, you know, right. and uh, and so because yeah, well, maybe what, they don't this, understand it. Is this a particular program then that people could watch? Because I would like to watch that. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, I think you can find it on YouTube. David Attenborough did a segment on it, and I think it was the first time they were ever filmed, or maybe it was the first time. I don't know who discovered it. Okay, so but, if I uh, if I searched it, I could probably find it and share the link with. Yeah, the, yeah. The listeners. So yeah. that maybe if they're interested in watching um, something like that, because that gives you a really interesting, uh, I think, a really good perspective on religions and how they're created. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, yeah. And um, and the same with, you know, talking about Greek and Roman mythology. I, I thought, well, yeah, I, I did. I, I thought eventually, of course, we know that's a long way away until um, Christianity and other Judaism. And oh, my God, we're being blasphemous, aren't we? Um, uh, are being taught as um, mythology. Well, my, aunt, my aunt was looking up what uh, religion she is, and apparently the best description for what religion she is is, uh, oh, what was it? What was the word? Uh, I got to think here. Um, not blasphemer, but... Uh, ah, I hate Heretic? it when I forget words. You mean, you mean it? well, blasphemer is someone who... who yeah, no, I know, I know. Like a heretic. A heretic, I think. Yeah. Well, a heresy yeah. means you're, yeah, you're, you're betraying your religion. Yeah, but I know. That's not really a religion. No, she was just being sarcastic. She was just looking for oh, online oh, descriptions. Oh, online oh, descriptions of what best suits her, you know, description of what religion she is. And she said, oh, I'm a heretic. Oh, well, then that's oh, my religion. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, you know, and that's that's interesting you bring that up because I was just talking to someone the other day about, you know, what what we would call ourselves if, if we're not religious. And mm -hmm. so people, you know, People either think you're, you know, if you're not religious, you're then an atheist. Mm -hmm. um, and someone was asking me, you know, asking me, and I said, well, I'm not an atheist. And they said, are you agnostic? And I said, no. Um, because from what I understand, what agnostic means is you're kind of on the fence. Because mm -hmm. yeah. I looked it up to see, you know, what does ag ag agnostic mean and agnostic really mean? And you're, you're kind of on the fence. 
And well, all these, like... all these, all these terms are coming from the perspective of, of of religious people. Exactly, exactly. And so I said, well, you know, I, I can't really put a label on myself. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't have this category that I fit in. Uh, just that I study the spiritual teaching. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, yeah, there's the science yeah. view, which says, oh, well, I'm just going to live once. So let's party hardy and have yes. a good life and screw the Yo- world. And then YOLO? <laughs> what's that? YOLO, that term. I don't know <laughs> that, that word. <laughs> you've all, well, it's like a hashtag YOLO. Oh, OK. Once and oh, I see. I, which irritates me so much. Yep. Every time I, see yep. It. Yep. I think, really? Yeah, so, yeah, it gives people an excuse to just, like you said, you know, go well, all it's the out. Same. And... It's the same as religion, because then you're yeah. saying essentially, well, I don't have any responsibility to this world, so who cares? Yeah. Right. That's that's all it's I'm saying. Only, right. I'm only going to be here once, and they, they, they may not think there's anything afterward, but mm-hmm. but it's the I same. Should, you, I, I was actually reading through my book yesterday, um, doing some corrections and looking over the thing, the chapter on spirituality. And I thought that would be a good little segment to read at one point. Maybe if we want to do that sometime. Oh, sure. Um, I don't know if you want to do it now, but. Uh, it, it, why not? We're talking about the spiritual teaching and right. I'm, up for, I'm up for it if you are. This All is, right. You know, kind of more of a relaxed yeah. conversation that we're just having. And it, so you're totally, um, you're totally welcome to. But one thing I, uh, one thing I was going to try to find in the goblet and read was maybe I'll just talk about it. And I think it's in the section that Billy wrote, if I'm not mistaken, about um, how we are stuck in puberty on our planet, that mm-hmm. we are stuck in being uh, a te- that we are teenagers, mm-hmm. or at least it made me realize that we well from what i read that that's where uh if you look at our media and you look at our entertain popular popular media popular entertainment lowest common denominator yes yeah <laughs> that it's um right there at about you know early teens mm-hmm. to me. that's yeah yeah and, and it just stays kind of stuck there mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people don't their their bodies age you know but um and yep. maybe and maybe they dress differently, but most of them st- still wear the same things because it kind of represents, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, That's what I find about older TV shows and older movies from like the 50s, 60s, and 70s is that older people look older. They, they look more mature. They do. Whereas now older people look like they're teenagers. Yeah. Just well, they, well, they they're, want to. they're aged, but they're. It's still there's something about their composure that looks and acts like a teenager to me. Well, yeah, and I, yeah, and I think actually that that's without them realizing the ramifications of that. That's really what they want mm-hmm. to be still because you know we live in a cult, of course, that's obsessed with death but worships youth. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> it's it's like you can't get old. You're, you're supposed to especially women, and I think that's happening more and more for men, too. Mm. Um, uh, you know, that I realized that I had some uh, programming in that respect when one day when I was, you know, my, I think, early 50s, late 40s, somewhere in there, I don't remember exactly, but I noticed I was starting to age, like really starting to age, and I was like, oh, no, I, I felt shame. Mm. I, I felt embarrassed. I thought, people are going to judge me because I'm, and I went, wait a second. What am I thinking? 
And then I realized <laughs> I needed to dissolve that. Yeah, thought, for sure. Man, that, that's in my subconscious. And I didn't even realize that it was there. Wow. And, yeah. and I thought, you know, this thing about how um, older women, we have to be hot. that's nice but yeah what what did you say but it well it's nice but at the same time if you accept your aging for what it is it kind of keeps you younger in a way like it keeps you more you can be hot and old it's (laughs) kind of weird but (laughs) well no with their version of whereas you have to look like you're still 20 you know, right. you have to right. have the thick, luxurious hair that doesn't have any gray in it, and you have to look yeah, a certain and then, way. And then, yeah, that's when they start like dyeing their hair, and it looks like yeah. all smurfy and kind of unnatural and ugly <laughs> and gross and, and wiry and stupid looking. And I'm just thinking to myself, smurfy. Well, I keep seeing these women with like blue hair and stuff, and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell? Yeah, yeah I always call them Smurfs. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, several years ago, um, suddenly gray hair women, young women were dyeing their hair, bleaching it is more, a better term because mm. you have to bleach it first, I guess, if your hair is dark. If it's not, mm. it's blonde, I guess you, they were bleaching it white though, and mm. then putting a, a grayish tone on it. And so that was in style. And I was like, oh, okay. So mm-hmm. why, why don't, you know, if we could just reach a point where, you know, we're okay None with of that stuff matters. How, how we are. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a long way off. There's nothing less natural looking than like hair that was bleached three months ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get those like roots coming out. It looks just awful. And I know. Myself. And usually the color oh. has like turned brassy. Well, then there's the health ramifications. Yeah. Well, well it just looks wiry and feels yeah. wiry and just doesn't it's just not natural it's, it's just very just drying to the hair and damaging. yeah 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 for sure yeah, yeah no, no doubt about it so i found the chapter okay i don't know, I don't know if you still want to do that but yeah sure, I'm not. Over top hey, what the hell no okay. we're just no. jumping all over it's okay all right cool <laughs> people can follow us i think <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this is from the book about my calculations just kind of run over it a little bit with people for people um that I made when I was a teenager, just looking for these contacts or just any particular contacts that would have this information in it. Right. And uh, so I figured out the year and country that it would mostly become public and made a big check checklist of what kind of things they would talk about. So spirituality being one of them. Uh, so chapter five, some spiritual, some likely spiritual aspects to look for. <laughs> so. What can we tell about spirituality and consciousness for sure, just by observation? For one, we can see that the body is animated by some energy which enters and leaves the body in the embryo in the embryo state and death of the human being or plant, animal, etc. We also know that consciousness itself happens with the use of the physical brain, but something has to animate and energize that brain. We also see what happens to an even slightly impaired physical brain, often leading to handicap of some kind, which can affect anything from memory to the ability to speak, walk, learn, drive, problem solve, and so on and so forth, and cause serious personality changes. Uh, We see what happens with even a slightly impaired uh, person's ability to drive a car. Fetal alcohol syndrome permanently affects one's brain and and personality for life, and we also... ah, And we know that alcohol can render a person completely unconscious if one takes it in excess. Of course, this means that if a personality 
can change so drastically with even mild brain impairments, brain dysfunctions, brain illnesses, etc., then death of the physical brain itself would have to mean the ultimate personality change. Um, so yeah, I kind of wrote this part more recently, okay. just kind of as observations, basically, of what we can actually see with our eyes. Mm -hmm. And so um, other aspects I go into later kind of go more into like the reincarnation aspects and what we can observe based on on that. And uh, so that's I was kind of hoping to get into that a bit more, but that's OK. Um, the personality in this case becomes completely dissolved as the person dies. The personality relies completely on the brain for its existence. Not only does the personality become greatly affected, even with slight impairment, but the greater the impairment becomes, the more the brain and personality become affected until the brain no longer functions at all, and the person lives in a completely vegetative state, unable to speak, walk, or do anything for himself or herself anymore. The effects that the physical health of the brain has on one's personality is undeniable in it, direct proportion to each other. This outlines that the afterlife without the body is clearly not what it seems at all, at least where the major religious views are, religious views are concerned. What we can see with our eyes is that we experience life through the senses of our bodies and process them with our brains and consciousness. What we do see is the person's physical corpse, brain and all, lying dead and lifeless after life. What we do see with our eyes after death is the person no longer alive, no longer animated, no longer processing what's going on around them since the brain is dead, unconscious, no longer taking any information or processing it. It's decaying, unenergized, and no longer in, even in the in existence in a lot of cases depending on how the body is disposed of after death all that's left of them is our memory of them and the energy that energized them is no longer in the body and we do see that newborn living babies are newly energized alive processing information eating sleeping playing and living i didn't mention that other stuff <laughs> uh, no one has yet been able to tell us what animates the body or the living being what animates life it's clearly electrical in nature with other very certain characteristics, which I go into a bit later. So yeah, we can observe all kinds of things. I'll just paraphrase a bit here about this chapter. Um, yeah, like we can observe things about people that are born into the world that have enormous um, abilities that would take for many people more than in a lifetime to learn you know, mm -hmm. these genius musician kids, these genius scientist kids, whatever it might be, you know, right. and and so on and so forth. And so you have to wonder, because when you look at a lot of the where they came from, their parents and the genetics and their grandparents and so on, that just does not explain anything um, because they do not have those abilities themselves, um, at least even not to nearly as great of a degree so it's 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 kind of interesting and then you wonder you have to wonder like well if these kids if these people with these abilities were choosing to be born somewhere why the hell would they choose to be born here of all places you know um because the world that we've been living in really persecutes those who think outside the box and oh, yeah. often has them killed or, yeah, whatever, and thrown in jail or whatever it might be for challenging. Yeah, if life. it goes against, if it goes against the narrative, that, the popular narrative, the narrative yeah. they want us to buy into. Exactly. And so, 
it's really hard for those people to live in a world like this. And um, why then would they choose to be born here if they had the choice? <laughs> um, you know, and the whole point of like heaven and hell idea, it just, it seems so completely nonsensical in the sense that, well, look how long it takes to learn these skills. Just one skill, one skill. Let's just yeah. look at, let's look at, you know, how to build a rocket ship or how to build a computer or how to whatever, yes. figure out what, how the brain works, you know, a psychologist, a psychiatrist or a doctor yes. or any of those big skills, music, art, filmmaking, whatever, all those things take enormous, enormous amounts of skill. And so to say that, well, you're going to hell after life because you've made mistakes doesn't really make any sense mm -hmm. because we learn from mistakes. We have we to do. make mistakes. We have to make mistakes we in do. order to learn. And, you know, and that's so something that I've repeated to, m to myself over and over. That, that for me was almost more important than like there's no tin God because I already you know, went there. But the whole mistake thing, because I was raised, I, that was the, the byproduct of my, you know, my family and their religious thinking was the whole mistake thing. It wasn't, they didn't talk about God a lot or God was going to do anything to you or anything like that. Luckily, I didn't have that hanging over me all the time. Mm -hmm. But the whole, you know, instead it translated into just this purely, this idea of mistakes are, you cannot make them. They're not allowed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Child. And, and that's just so insane mm -hmm, and, sure. and um, damaging. And, and yeah. how many of us are walking around out there, you know, with all these problems that stem from that, that, mm -hmm. we, that we haven't made, had that realization truly, you know, on a very deep level that mistakes are absolutely necessary. Um, you can't avoid them. And when mm -hmm. you try to avoid them, you don't live. Yeah, and then you end up with huge self-esteem issues and yeah. huge issues concerning, yeah, just um, your basic ability to live and to yeah. accept yourself. So yeah, right. So yeah, yeah, and then and then and then there's the whole camp that says, well, you know, if Hitler had just believed in God at the end of his death, uh, at the end of his life, he would have gone to heaven. Well, um, great. Where's the where's the motive in that for doing anything moral, right? So. Yes. Um, whereas, and these same people were telling me, well, good people would go to hell if they didn't believe in God. And I was like, well, come on. I mean, seriously, that there's just no motivation there whatsoever no. to do anything good. And so no wonder they're all bashing each other's skulls in. And Well, yeah, it's, it, we do. Yeah, exactly. Do good for the sake the the concept of doing good just for the sake of. It has its own reward. It does. You know, if you do yes. something, if you do, if you have you know, um, a certain set of effects, you know, you build a house on a good foundation. Well, guess what? The house won't crumble. Whereas if you build the house on a crappy foundation and you build it with paper mache and just give it a paint job before you even build the walls. Uh -huh. Well, yeah, of course it's going to collapse in on itself. And so right. you have natural ingrained inbuilt sort of what's the word? Um, motive, um, well, there's uh, cause and effect. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, if you do something stupid, well, you cause destruction. So that's like the punishment. Whereas if you do something intelligent, um, then you get something called functionality. 
<laughs> and so that's the direct reward for 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 in 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 real morality in the true sense. Um, whereas all this other stuff, you know, it's just it's it's completely detached from any of that. And I think that's why exactly why we're living in the world we're living in right now. It's yeah. so completely falling apart because nobody seems yeah. to really want to grasp that one concept. No, and also so because of that, because there's shame, and you know. Um, people become they're shamed by others when they make a mistake. I see that a lot. I've been mm -hmm. I've experienced it myself. I'm sure you have too, mm -hmm. because of the way people think. Um, then then people tend to try to hide their mistakes and not deal with them mm -hmm. instead of just taking them out into the light of day and looking them over and saying, "Okay, I did this. Um, okay, what am I going to do about it?" And I remember as a as a young person a young adult my 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 family bringing up to me all the things i had done wrong and i was like well you know it's not the mistakes you make it's what you do with them exactly it who you are and i was mm -hmm. very young when i was telling them i thought can't you can't you see this mm -hmm. i was so amazed that they didn't get that and that mm -hmm. they made mistakes too but yet they those were never acknowledged Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They weren't addressed. <laughs> yeah. They were perfect. Right, right. Or exactly. excuses were made for them. Yes, Instead exactly. Of saying, you know, and of course, you know, then that messes with the kid's head because you're going, uh -huh. well, wait a minute, you know. And and parents are often, you know, presented as gods. Mm -hmm. yep. The very same thing is repeated. You know, you're the little worshippers, and they're the gods. I know. And yeah. They can't do any wrong, and you know, no matter how <laughs> illogical they're their uh, uh, direction or commands or, you know, proclamations or whatever are, you're supposed to just accept it. Yeah, I just say, and hey. And not say, it out either. Yeah, exactly. That's that's usually the point where I say, say hello to my middle friend. Yeah. <laughs> my middle friend being on my hand. I know yes. what you mean. <laughs> yeah, and so I think this the spiritual teaching is is great about um, helping people with that and helping them understand that mistakes are necessary mm -hmm. and that to approach our, our own mistakes with compassion, um, but honesty. And yeah, you know, honesty. to say, yes, this is part of being <laughs> a human being and I have to make them, and what can I learn from this mistake? Yeah. And, and, and do my best so I don't repeat and as you know, we don't actually repeat the same mistakes over and over. We repeat versions of them. Mm -hmm, they just exactly. seem, they seem, may seem on the surface to be the exact same mistake. But if you, if you really examine them closely, usually they've shifted just slightly mm -hmm. at, at the very least. So that they're, you know, and some mistakes have to be for people to get it. They have to make them more than a hundred times, I guess. Yeah. I because yep. we make them over in lifetimes too. It isn't just exactly. in this lifetime. But our other personalities, you know, our, you know, our, our spirit forms, other personalities make the same mistakes also. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But of course, different in different mm -hmm. situations and different ages and different, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, no, for sure. There's there's a lot of that going on. I think, you know, it's probably not not something that uh, every person thinks about too much but um yeah no absolutely no i mean they're busy hiding that they're imperfect mortal. they're busy yeah mortal that they're 
they're fallible that they're human you know and then there's the other they're the other extreme though where people go well you know they just excuse their bad behavior by mm -hmm. saying hey i'm i'm human what are you going to do and but they don't have the right attitude about it it's more like look i can't change you know this is who i am just um, let me off the hook let yeah. me off the hook yes um yeah. they they're they're not genuinely um, recalcitrant for what they've done. Yeah, they're more exactly. like, it's kind of like, screw you, you know, mm -hmm. this is, mm -hmm. you're just gonna have to accept what I did to you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Without me feeling anything. I don't like that. Those people who cannot apologize mm -hmm. for, mm -hmm. for something they do. What, why is that so hard? <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I know, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. They've, they've, come to the belief i guess that they're not allowed to make mistakes and if they do then that means they're stupid it means they're worthless it means they're this and that and yes. on and on and on in their minds and so they're just not allowed to do that and so they just act out in completely insane ways and that's where you see most of our politicians today yes um they're not allowed to make mistakes and if they do well ooh, watch out you know you've got a whole society yeah. of religious people who say that who feel the same way and mm -hmm. uh who have nothing better to do than yeah, whatever. Point out that people are human. But if the politicians would just freaking acknowledge that as well, acknowledge yes. their own mistakes, then it would actually go a long way to making things a lot easier for themselves. But the fact that they're just so trying to push it away, push it away, push it away, it just makes the problem so much worse. Well, I don't know about you, but when I meet somebody who can admit their mistakes, I, I have more respect for them. I'm like, that's bravery yeah that's that's exactly. honesty to be able to say yeah i screwed up and mm -hmm. i see where i went wrong here and i need to correct yeah this. exactly and, you know and then of course there's the other extreme um of people who apologize um maybe because of their upbringing for things that are not even and and, and i've been guilty of this when i was younger apologizing for things i didn't even do and don't right. even have any responsibility for Right. You know, kind of almost apologizing for even existing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry I'm taking up space on the planet because of the way, you know, you've been treated. Right. And right. so the, the teaching is so great about shining the light on those things mm -hmm. so that we can work them out and go, yeah, I see that I do this. Mm -hmm. And um, but and I also deserve to exist. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. That just I have... because I make mistakes. And maybe we've made some pretty what some whoppers even. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. And we still deserve to exist. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we work them out. We try and we make our efforts. We fail and then we pick ourselves up and try again. But at least we're trying. You know, that's that's the difference between someone who's making the effort and someone who's just pretending. I guess I don't know. Yeah, or or like what you know when I found this out about the the Catholic Church and I was like, wow, that's that's kind of a concept. My husband told me about this, that you can just go say Hail Marys or certain prayers and mm -hmm. that absolves you of your sins. Yeah, right. And yeah, there's, uh, I was like, wait a second. There's Should lots of. Yeah. Yeah. Or well, there's pay, lots and pay, of. And pay it's uh, penance like money, pay mm -hmm. actual money to be absolved. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there's a lot of uh, cases of like. Italian mafia, you know, whatever this and that, who have like vigils in their house and all this kind of thing, and like full on like 
you know, Catholic, um, like almost churches in their house. And, uh, yeah. that, you know, because that's, that's, I guess how they view the world. And so they think they can get away with everything and murder and so on and so forth, as long as they have. Right. A, they pay yeah. their, their dues, at, at, you know, to the, the church and they yeah. do their help. However many Hail Marys. And there might be another prayer they do too. I can't remember, but mm-hmm. you know, that that's, yeah. That's, yeah. uh, and I think all religions, from what I can tell, um, as far as if they're based on Christianity anyway, um, that they're all tied to money, mm-hmm. uh, absolving you of your sins somehow or your or own right. doings. If you just have enough money that you can give to the organization, right. you know, that you're, you're, you have a clean record again. So what, <laughs> where's, the, you know, really, where is the motivation to actually um change and learn truly if you can just you know give them some money and uh make it all go away yeah 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 exactly as we know it really doesn't go away no exactly it's still there i think that those same people those same people are trying the same thing in politics and everything else too and in business and so on and they are it's still destroying the world as far as i know Yes, <laughs> they're going to be living. They're going to be living in this world just like everybody else. So, and they yes. don't know where, what race or country or anything that they're going to be born into next lifetime. They don't know anything about that. So, no. what a and, stupid and, risk. And of course, you know, that for that to even be effective, people have to understand the logic of reincarnation, and they don't. Mm-hmm. They think it's some fantastical. Well, especially when some of the, the religions out there that are, have reincarnation as part of their belief system, you know, as something to believe, um, mm-hmm. you, can, you can be born a rabbit next time or a horse right. or, right. or a plant. Nonsense. It's nonsense. And, yeah, yeah, and they don't understand that each um, a plant and a human being and an animal have a different kind of consciousness. Mm-hmm. They don't exactly. cross over. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Well, I talk about that in my book, and um, uh, one of the observations I made as a kid was, well, look at the dinosaurs. They were here for hundreds of millions of years longer than us, mm-hmm. and what wiped them out? A simple asteroid. A simple asteroid. That's all it took to wipe them out. They didn't know anything. They didn't know anything about the cosmos. They didn't build a single telescope in all that time, and in the last few hundred years, we've managed to do that. So there's a completely different kind of um psychology that's going on there between the animal and the human world and i mean yeah sure you can say coco gorilla knows um the gorilla knows 2000 words but hey a five-year-old kid knows you know multiple languages at that point and can learn artistic and mathematical Mm -hmm. skills and everything that's like way beyond what coco the gorilla will ever do you know and no dolphin in the world will ever be able to manage that and why are they not doing anything if they're more intelligent than us to help us you know solve these problems that we're destroying the world that they're also living in so hey you know like hold our leaders accountable if you're so damn intelligent but you know they're still getting stuck in our fishing nets and all this kind of stuff and on and on and on i mean come on so there's all these sort of silly arguments that people make that oh well you know but i mean to really resolve the the problems that we're creating, we need the minimum intelligence that we have where we created those problems in the first place, yes. which means a human brain. Yes. And so, yeah, yeah. I think, I think something, something that contributes to the problem of people 
not understanding the different intelligence uh, animal has versus a human being, mm-hmm. you know, is that the the movies, uh, strangely enough, the Disney yes. the cartoons and stuff that imbue animals with the same intelligence. Now, I have to say on my own part, when I was a kid, I'd look at that and I'd, and I'd be around a real animal and go, well, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. Uh, like you look at Bugs Bunny, you know. Mm-hmm. Kind of a clever, smart, smart-ass kind of guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, a regular rabbit is dumb as a post. I mean, yeah. they are. Yeah. And, and I remember, you know, observing rabbits and playing with them and, and going, well, they're kind of boring and mm-hmm. they're not smart. And so I remember thinking about that a lot, watching how animals in Disney cartoons or Looney Tunes or whatever were giving, given all this smarts and personality that they don't possess mm-hmm. and what i don't understand is um that disconnect people have that they don't really stop and think about that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that you know well they'll say well my dog does this my dog feels that i'm like how do you know your dog they're they're talking like their dog it can actually relate to them on the same level they just can't talk with human language mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and, exactly uh, yeah so yeah i was I should have kept reading on that book, actually, because uh, I was just getting to that point, I see. So maybe I should just read a bit about that. It kind of really okay. goes into into some of that in good wording and so on. So, yep, I will pick up where I left off. There were very specific spiritual aspects that, would, uh, that I would look for in my testing framework, such as reincarnation, not from animal to human, like or vice versa, like in Buddhism, but from human to human, reborn onto the same planet they died on, continuing on the path of consciousness development where they generally left off from in their previous lifetime. I'll outline the reasons for this thinking in this chapter. In order, But in order to understand the mistakes that were made in the past, naturally we need a brain that is at least as capable and powerful in cognitive ability as the brain we made previous mistakes from in order to really problem solve our way out of the long-term problems and learn from them. So becoming a lizard or a blade of grass in the next lifetime would be quite a disadvantage to progression in learning since animals and plants live more on an instinctive type of intelligence. Thinking back to the dinosaurs, for example, regardless of how big and mighty they may have been compared to us or for how long they lived compared to humans, which is hundreds of millions longer, uh, hundreds of millions of years longer, they still went extinct because of their ignorance of basic science of the cosmos, in this case, meteors. Dinosaurs roamed this planet for hundreds of millions of years longer than the Earth humans, and yet we've developed more technology and understanding of our universe in the last few hundred years than dinosaurs ever did in all of their time combined. We can now defend ourselves from such extinction-causing asteroids, for example, if we so wish. Um, We also have the capacity to completely destroy ourselves if we become too distracted, complacent, or arrogant with our technology and detached from our moral responsibilities in the universe. Our intelligence is more choice-oriented than simply instinctive, and this provides enormous advantages to our ability to learn quickly. We can actually learn through our mistakes and don't have to rely only on past inbuilt instincts to survive. Whether we choose to learn enough to survive is ultimately a choice for us, and it's a great choice to have. One, that dinosaurs unfortunately could not exercise in the same way for themselves. All of this demonstrates a very different kind of intelligence in animals than what humans possess. I'm certain that they would have been able to defend themselves from such extinction-causing asteroids hundreds of millions of years into their development if they did possess the same mental abilities as us, especially since we can do it with our much smaller number of years in our current development. 
that gave me clues to the differences in consciousness related abilities between the animal and human brain. Some animals here on Earth are capable of truly amazing things. Take Coco the gorilla for a clear example who has learned over 2,000 words in, in spoken, and sign, uh, spoken English and sign language. I'm not saying Coco can vo for vocally express human speech, but merely understand uh, a limited vo uh, oral vocabulary. No animal, however... Uh, are, no animals, however, are yet so amazing as to build spacecraft, roam the depths of space, build telescopes, colonize the planets, protect themselves from extinction-causing asteroids, or anything like that. Not even close. Even adult Coco has yet to learn anywhere near as much as the average five-year-old human who is capable of learning multiple languages, as many kids do. Some mastering complex artistic musical mathematical skills at the same time with comparatively little effort and in no time at all. So... Anyways, yeah, I really go into this whole topic, and right. it just progresses. Well, and that's so. that's a great um, um, exercise for those who are contemplating, uh, who actually are open-minded enough to actually even entertain the idea and the logic of reincarnation as part of our evolutionary evolutionary process. Mm -hmm. but then you have, of course, the those of people who are stuck in. Um, religions that are um you know you only live once and you go to heaven you go somewhere else and you live in this palace or you know a place <laughs> it's like where you're from only better you know smelling god's place. feet for your for the rest of eternity <laughs> yeah which sounds boring and kind of me. <laughs> yeah and i always thought heaven sounded incredibly boring yeah it's not made thinking. it's not it's not made for people who like to think <laughs> no exactly and or I problem a solved. kid going, you know, um, when they, when I was hearing about heaven, I was like, well, what do you do? And, you know, of course, uh, it's often portrayed as, as angels playing harps on clouds, as we know. And mm -hmm. I'm going, okay, and then what? Yeah. Or, you know, they would say, you're going to do this. I'm like, and then what? Because I would think, well, it's so interesting here. It is hard here on earth, you know, because that was around the time I realized hell was here. There was not a yeah. place you went because of the life I was living. I was yeah. like, no, hell's here, and yeah. um, we're doing it ourselves. And mm -hmm. um, but I thought heaven sounds like it doesn't sound like a place I want to go either because it sounds like it's very boring and stultifying, and mm -hmm. you know you don't move any. And so, but yet for those people who are all, who are married to that idea that you die and go to heaven, they just can't even entertain the idea of reincarnation and the logical consequences. Um, of being born over and over again as a human being uh, with well, a different personality. Why do you think that is? Because it 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 outlines in yeah. big glaring letters that you have to take responsibility for your of life course. in the world. Of that's course. what they don't want. And that's the whole point of religion is so that they don't have to do that. To take so. responsibility, of course. Yeah. And so I think that's the big payoff um, mm -hmm. for people, uh, a lot of people who don't want to look at anything differently mm -hmm. and, and, and expand their minds mm -hmm. is that then they have to own that's that going back to mistakes again. Mm -hmm. They don't have to own their mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, that whole, um, the devil made me do it, which comes more from the Southern style of, um, religion, like, mm -hmm. the, you know, I can't Baptist, maybe the devil the devil mm -hmm. came, got inside me and made me do things you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so there's that lack of responsibility mm -hmm. and and um 
Yeah, I mean, they would have to, and they would have to realize with with the stark reality that when we our future personalities come back, we get to live with the consequences of what we've done to our planet. Yeah, exactly. And to each other. But that's yeah. actually a good thing. <laughs> that's it is. actually a good thing. It is, it's a good I choice mean, to have because it, it means we can change it right yes. now. We can start exactly. making yes. the changes. But so. um, for, for those who don't think past, and I like to bring this stuff up so that maybe someone who's listening to this podcast who's going, oh my gosh, this is nuts. These people are crazy. I feel very <laughs> threatened by all this. Well, they won't get this far into the podcast. Don't worry. Um, maybe, maybe not, unless they, you know, like to torture themselves. No, I'm kidding. But, yeah, well. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, but maybe they're, they're listening, but they're not. Do you know what I mean? That's that that whole thing of mm-hmm. some, like when you know, someone's a teenager. So if you're stuck as a teenager, think about this. When I was a teenager, I go back to when I was a teenager, and my and I lived with my my uncle and my aunt in Wisconsin, and my uncle was a very wise man, really, in a lot of ways. And um, he would say things to me and I would just knee jerk, you know, kind of argue with him. But but then I would know there was wisdom in it. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't ever admit that to him at that time. Right. <laughs> because I wasn't ready to accept <clears throat> to accept it yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like, for instance, he said to me once. Teenagers are the most narrow minded people on the planet. Now, he was a chemistry and biology teacher in high school, math teacher also. <laughs> so he knew what he was talking about. He'd been teaching yeah. for years. And so I just stopped when he said that to me because I think I was making fun of his cowboy boots and his country western music. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I just yeah. wanted to tease him about something, of course, and that it was right. different, you know, than yeah. what I liked. Right. And I, that stopped me in my tracks, though, because I went, oh, my God. he's." I mean, I had to walk away. Of course, I didn't immediately say to him, you know, you're absolutely right about that. <laughs> I had to go. I, I argued with him, of course. And mm-hmm. then I went away, but I could never forgot it. And I just turned it all over in my head. And I finally came to the conclusion he was right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was at that period in my life I realized he was right. right. And I think that was a really good um, re- realization for me <laughs> to understand because people get stuck there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're mm-hmm. teenagers and they're narrow minded and they're. But so what I'm, I'm getting back to is someone may actually listen to this, who knows, and mm-hmm. who isn't, who thinks this is all nonsense. Mm-hmm. But part of them goes, wait a minute, maybe there's, maybe this is making some sense. I need to go think about this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and turn it over in my mind, you mm-hmm. know, because there are people who are, who will listen to this and, and they go, they're part of Figu or they're, you know, they're right. They're like, yeah, this, this is, you know, this is exactly how. I understand things, mm-hmm. but, but maybe there are some people that are kind of on the fence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they just need a good reason to, you know, think more deeply about mm-hmm. these things. To know why you have to take responsibility, yes. to know why you have to do these things, why the reasons, the reasons, the damn reasons that, you yes. know, that's what we never get in any of the explanations when we're growing up is why we need to do any of that stuff. Right. And so, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I think I, this. Oh, I'm, so I'm going to have to run soon. <laughs> okay. I figured you did. But I was just, actually, I was going to wrap it up uh, because I kind of sensed that and, you know, knew. But um, what I was going to say, and, you know, I, I'd like to take this back to some current, uh, this current event of what's happening, of course, because it's so significant with the, mm-hmm. the coronavirus and the, what's happening to our economy 
because yeah. we are all in lockdown, which we, you and I both know that because things weren't handled properly, responsibility wasn't taken mm-hmm. in the beginning. And so now this virus is everywhere. So mm-hmm. now we're dealing with the consequences that people are suffering from, mm-hmm. you know, uh, lack of income. And because of the way the world is designed, we, we aren't, it isn't designed to, to, um, to take care of, uh, for us to be taken care of when we can't work, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. of something like this. And mm-hmm. so um, people have a hard time saying, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I watch how they think there's only two ways to do it. Either you're locked down and we, and everything falls apart or we all go back to work and, and thousands more people, millions, pro- probably more people die. Mm-hmm. And well, that's just so weird because, you know, you look at all these huge corporations that are getting big bailouts right now and yes, just like are. almost nobody is being helped at the same time. It's like, oh, yeah. well, that's nice. Yeah. Think about well, that a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> and and so when you try to when you try to, you know, kind of point this out and go, look, everyone, we could actually do this differently. If it, But it has to be at the grassroots level, because, of course, those in power want the status quo. They're going to tell you this is the only way we can do it. Right. Yeah. And then people, that's why people are protesting. Well, it's socialism and, for the rich and uh, what's it called? Capitalism for the poor. That's that's how yeah. it works in America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and instead, you know, have you ever thought about all the years we've been paying into this system that is supposed to serve us, right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what politicians and government officials are supposed to be ser- serving the people mm-hmm. to do their will. And so mm-hmm. we've been, they have all this money, all these yeah. large corporations that are in bed, you know, they're in bed with the government and vice versa. Well, the Fed, the Fed Fed just printed $2.6 trillion and gave it all to corporations. It was like 0.0001% of actual people that got it. Yeah. And so (laughs) instead of the, I know. And so instead of people going, wait a second, this is, you guys are, have been tasked with the responsibility that when something like this happens, the infrastructure should be there so that we don't suffer from this, Mm -hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. instead, they're all, no, we have to go back to work and make more money to give, to pay our taxes and give them more, because that's the only way we're going to get what we need. Right. <laughs> right. It's just and nonsense. I, I, I just shake my head over it. Yeah. And no matter yeah. what you say, people don't get it. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, with yeah. that, I know, I know you got to run, mm-hmm. but this was an interesting conversation. I'm glad we had it. And um, For sure. For I look sure. forward to more in the future. Yeah, me too. I'd like to finish this chapter eventually. When I'm when we talk again, I'm sure we can go through it and have. Well, there's lots to talk about, isn't well, there? Well, yeah, just... and I think it's nice to do it in little bits like that, though, because yeah. we get to talk about it and process it. And, and exactly. actually, in our Colorado study group, we that's how we go through the book. You know, okay. right now we're studying the way to live, and we <laughs> read a little bit, and we have great conversations about that information. And <laughs> you know, and I think it leads to helping us fully understand what it means mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. lives, you know, to our spiritual evolution, to the future of our planet mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the problems that we're facing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I really go into in the next part of that chapter into some of the things about actually how, you know, morality in, in that sense really works so well. And uh, when you look at reincarnation from person to person onto the born, uh, planet that they died on. And so maybe we can, I'll read that next time or yeah, whatever we decide yeah. to read next time. You know, there's well, lots of, lots of subjects. 
Well, so. that would actually be fine to, to go into that because it's a really great subject to talk about. And um, it's like the subject. Just, <laughs> it's like yes, the whole reason is. they're coming here in the first place is to tell us, hey, guys, you got to take responsibility for this. So, yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. And, and to do it without the, the, the fear that you're going to be struck by the, you know, um, the lightning of the, the gods. <laughs> right. <if you> don't. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's not the lightning you're going to get struck with. It's cause and effect. It's cause it's and effect. It's the lightning you're going to get struck with, yeah. which is natural consequences. Yeah, it's putting that stumbling block in front of you and tripping over it and saying, well, gee, where did that come from? You know, like, yes. <laughs> yes. kind of stupid, stupid blindness. But, you know, yes. hey, Absolutely. we're teenagers still or infants mm -hmm. even. So, yes, <laughs> really. So. Yeah. And anyway. bodies sometimes. Yes. 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 Okay. So <laughs> all right. I think you're gonna go enjoy that the sunshine and yes, is great. And uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we'll just you know until next time. Sounds good. All okay. right. Nice chat. Right. Nice chatting. You too. <laughs> okay. Bye, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to download a free copy of. The Goblet of Truth. You can do so from figu.org. You can also download it at theyfly.com, futureofmankind.co.uk. Uh, the Canadian Alangis group also has a free download, and I think the Australian group does also. You can also purchase a copy of the book from Figu. Switzerland, uh, theyfly.com, and any of the English-speaking Landis groups. Next week, I'll be interviewing Bob Foster, and we'll be talking about the coming earthquake in the Pacific Northwest. Until then, have a great week. Salome.